have your Bibles, I want you to uh, turn to Genesis 12. I want to read two verses. We're going to read some scriptures. Uh, I'm so excited that the Lord downloaded uh, this message to me. It's a perspective I've never had, uh, and to hear it is uh, blessing my life, and so I can't wait to share it with you. Genesis chapter number 12, I'm going to read verses 2 and 3. Uh, and then we'll jump into what the Lord has given us. Now, we know uh, that Genesis 12 has to do with uh, Abram hearing a voice from the Lord telling him to get out of his father's country, uh, his father's house, to a place that he will show him. And here's what it says in verses number two and three. I will make you into a great nation. God's talking to a guy that didn't even have a kid, okay? Uh, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. Underline this if you uh, have a Bible or if it's on your electronic and you can do a highlight. I would encourage you to do that. Uh, And you will be a blessing to others. That is huge in verse number two. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Uh, So uh, this weekend, we're still in our series called Here. uh, And this weekend, here, come on, here, 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 we're a blessing. Okay? Here, we are a blessing. Bow your heads, let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for blessing us to be a blessing. Amen. Uh, This is a very, a very profound thought that God would want a relationship so much with us that he would initiate it, declare the terms of it, be the only one that can keep it up, the only one that can sustain it, the only one that could uphold it, that he would do all of that just to be in a relationship with you and I. That the relationship that God goes into with Abram would have a lasting impact upon every family that would have the same faith that Abram did is a miracle. That he would call a man who was not thinking about him, was not trying to learn how to get into a closer relationship with God was worshiping trees and the moon and the sun and whatever else uh, they were worshiping at the time, having all these idols erected, that he would choose this man, Abram, and just say to him, hey, I want to go into a covenant relationship with you. You don't know me, but I know you, and I just want to go into a covenant relationship with you. And and, and here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave everything that you know, I want you to come with me, uh, and if you do that, right, if you just leave, I'm not asking you to know everything, I'm not asking you to 
understand everything. If you just walk away from what you know right now, I will bless you, make you famous. You'll be a blessing to others. And I will bless people that bless you. And I will curse people that hold you in contempt. Who does that? Could you imagine just walking down the street and somebody just walks up to you and say, hey, uh, I have a huge trust fund with $17 billion in it. And uh, I know you're about to jump on that bus right now, but if you just get in the car with me and come to my house, I will adopt you into my family. I will make you a part of the trust. You can instantaneously start using that trust for whatever you need it for. Uh, and I'm not even asking you to understand our family and how it works. But if you commit right now, before you get on this bus, bus is coming. Before the bus gets here, if you commit right now, uh, I could have your whole world completely overturned by this next decision that you make. Most people would be like, that was great. I got to get on this bus. God does an absolute miracle in this man's life, and he wasn't even looking for it. I don't know if you know that, but those are the best blessings. The ones you didn't know to pray for, you weren't smart enough to even ask for, that when you get them, you're just like, I have no idea how you did this, but I accept it in Jesus' name. Abram is this man. And what is said about Abram uh, and his faith transcends just his family line. God says in Genesis 12, verse 3, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Not everyone in your family. All of your descendants from now on. He said, anyone that does what you just did will be blessed just like you. I'll go into the same covenant with them as I am with you. If they have the faith that you did. And so when we talk about the fact that here we're a blessing, uh, there's some things that I want you to know. And so uh, point number one, write this down. We can unlock people's blessings. We can unlock people's blessings. Now, when we talk about uh, living a blessed life or having a blessed mentality or, or, or someone that, that, that walks around knowing they're blessed, that there are some things that I want to uh, 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 put in perspective and context for you because there's so many people in the body of Christ that associate blessings with material things. If you have a lot of wealth or a lot of prosperity, you're blessed. And if you don't have wealth or prosperity, you're not blessed. That's not even biblical. Abraham was already wealthy when God found him. Abraham wasn't a bum living near the railroad tracks with Sarah pushing a shopping cart on the side of the freeway with a sign that says, we'll work for food. Or an even more ridiculous sign that says, hey, let's be honest, I just want a beer. <laughs> Abraham already had acreage, land, cattle, Manservants, he was already wealthy, but he wasn't blessed. He had riches, 
but he wasn't blessed. He had manservants and women servants and cattle and land, but he was not blessed because your only blessing can come from a covenant with an almighty God. It will never be found in your bank account. It will never be found in your diploma. It will never be found in the, in the job that you possess. It can only come from a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so I want to correct this, and here's a definition that I feel like will help you, okay? Blessed mentality. Here's the definition of a blessed mentality. When I agree with God about the covenant I have with him regardless of my circumstances. It's on the screen for you to write it down. Be a nerd. Nerds rule the world. Write it down. A blessed mentality is when I agree with God about the covenant I have with him regardless of my circumstances. Now, I want to give you some scriptures so you can stand on this covenant, okay? The first one I'm reading, uh, my disclaimer is I already know this is uh, speaking about the Jews, uh, but I want to give you how amazing this is to the Jews and the Gentiles. First, in Acts chapter number 3, verse number 25, it says this. Uh, you are the children of those prophets. This is uh, Peter talking to a group of Jewish people. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. After Jesus had been resurrected from the dead, and after Pentecost had already come, Peter is making a declaration to Jewish people, letting them know, hey, listen, uh, that blessing that was on Abraham is, can be on your life through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if you understand what Jesus did on the cross, then you will understand the blessing of Abraham in a completely different way. You are not blessed just because you came from the lineage of Abraham. You're blessed if you believe and have faith like Abraham. And the seed of faith that Abraham had to walk with God produced our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He says that to Jewish people. Here's what he says. Here's what's said to the Gentiles. And you can go to Galatians chapter number three for this. Galatians chapter number three. Verses 7 through 9 say this. The real children of Abraham, please underline that. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Let, 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 me, let me modernize it a little bit. Uh, the real believers in Jesus Christ are those that put their faith in God. Not the ones that just show up to church on a weekend. Not the ones that are third and fourth generation Baptists, Assemblies of God, Church of God in Christ, Catholics, Church of Christ, Church of God in Prophecy. I keep going. It's too many. I'm sad I know them all. <laughs> he says, here's, our, here's who the real people that have a relationship with God are. Those who put their faith... In God, the real children of Abraham are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. 
God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Underline that, write it down. Don't get a tattoo, you don't need it. Just memorize it. Everyone that shares the same faith as Abraham did has the same blessing that Abraham did. And here's what the blessing is. I have a relationship with God. Not I have a million dollars in my bank account. Not I drive a Porsche. Not I have a big old house. Remember, a blessed mentality is when I agree with God about the covenant he went into with me, regardless of my circumstances. It doesn't matter what my circumstance is. The reason why I'm blessed is because I have a relationship with God. If people could keep it that simple, the enemy couldn't fight you with stuff. Do you know how many people lose their joy over stuff? Stuff is going to come and go. The blessing is eternal. So whether you have or have not, thank God you have the covenant. And the people that are at the most peace are the ones that understand my covenant is with God. I have the same promise on me that I had with, that Abraham had because of his faith and all the families on earth are going to be blessed. I'm part of that blessing right now. Not when I get a job, when I get a promotion, when I get married, when I upgrade my car. Right now. And if you don't see that, then you have a curse mentality. Which brings me to point number two. We can block people's blessings. Point number one, we can unlock people's blessings. How do we unlock people's blessings? By having a blessed mentality. Point number two, we can block people's blessing. How do we block people's blessing? With a cursed mentality. And here's my definition of a cursed mentality. When I disagree with God about the covenant I have with him due to my circumstances. When I disagree with God... Because of my circumstances, I have a cursed mentality. If the only time I think God is blessing me is when I have, and then I don't think he's blessing me because I have not, you don't have a blessed mentality. And the enemy can just run away with you. Because one week you think you're in God's favor, and the next week you're wondering, what did I do wrong to be out of his favor? And it might just be a thing called life. If you think because you caught all the green lights on the way to work, I'm, 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 a, I'm God's favorite. And if you're in some type of horrible traffic, you think, I must have, I God didn't forgive me for those cookies I stole when I was seven. If, the, if the, the first parking spot right in front of the grocery store is open, you rejoice in the God of your salvation. And if you have to walk half a mile down the street because the place is packed and you think, ah, oh, I'm not God's favorite anymore. I know it sounds harsh, but you have a cursed mentality. If it can be up one time and down the next, then it means that you haven't put 
your faith in God, you've put it in your condition. And conditions can change. I remember when I was thinking about this and uh, every time, I I don't want to say every time, but many times growing up when I heard people talk about uh, 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 being blessed, uh, they centered it around money, they centered it around wealth, they centered it around prosperity. uh, And the opposite of that uh, uh, mentality was called a poverty mentality. You have a poverty mentality and you don't think you should be blessed and God wants you to have stuff, okay? First of all, the prosperity gospel is not biblical. Again, it ain't even in the Bible, okay? Uh, uh, But a poverty mentality is not in the Bible either, okay? There's a blessed mentality and there's a cursed mentality. Poverty mentality is a subset of a cursed mentality. You can have a bunch of money and still have a cursed mentality, so I want to give you some scriptures that, that, that will help you come against, uh, as we used to say back in the day, stinking thinking, okay? Uh, if you go to Philippians chapter number four, Philippians chapter number four, verses 10 through 12 say this. This is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned, but you didn't have a chance to help me. Now, this is Paul talking to the church at Philippi about the fact uh, that uh, he had uh, known that they wanted to help him financially at a certain point on his missionary journeys, but they couldn't help him at the time. And he said, you didn't have a chance to help me. Verse number 11, it just gets incredible. Not that I was ever in need. That's a blessed mentality. Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I don't know how many people have heard verse 13 before. How many people have heard it in context of verse <laughs> 11 and 12? I never knew that part. I have seen people misappropriate Philippians 4.13 so much. I once saw a boxer go into the ring with Philippians 4.13 on his waistband. Look at me. And he thought because he had a scripture on his waistband that that would make him a better fighter because he completely took I can do all things out of context. That guy beat him up (laughs) and he was laying on the floor and an overhead camera was peering down. He was on the floor with Philippians 4.13 and I just wanted someone like to censor, like to blur the scripture out because it was embarrassing to me. I was like, that, that, the guy got knocked out because he doesn't understand the Bible. Like, he, he needs to go to an equip class or something, but because he does not know what that scripture means. I've heard this scripture thrown around in church like it makes you a superhero. 
Like it's go, go Power Rangers. <laughs> I was in a Bible study one night years ago teaching on this, and I said, uh, you can't do all things through Christ. And <gasps> I mean, people just, <gasps> I mean, the air left the room. And I love tension, so I just let it stay there. I was like, <laughs> I just let it breathe. And, I, and, and you, know, you know, there was like, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get stoned or what. People were like, fix it, fix it. What are you saying? Fix it. And I said, you cannot do all things through Christ. And then some people were like, uh. and I was like, you don't believe me? You don't believe me? Fly home. No, don't get in your car. Walk outside and dun, 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 fly home. Since you can do everything through Christ. No. What Paul was talking about was not being a superhero and waving around a scripture to get you out of stuff. That scripture was meant to be used with a blessed mentality that whatever situation I find myself in, a full plate, a plate with nothing on it, a full account, account with nothing in it, a house, an apartment, a bike, a car, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. First Timothy chapter number six. First Timothy chapter number six. This is Paul again. He has a blessed mentality. Verse number six through eight. Yet true godliness is contentment with itself, great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if you have enough food and clothing, let us be content. You want to know how to block a curse mentality? Thank God in whatever situation you're in. The enemy doesn't know what to do with a person that knows how to give them praise no matter what they're going through. He starts scratching his head like, aren't they, aren't, shouldn't they be, de- that should have worked. Like, should they, they should be depressed or something. I thought that was, they were going to really just go into a, a complete depression, and they're still happy. This makes no sense to me. I'm going to pile it on thick, so go to Job. <laughs> chapter number one. Job chapter number one. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to read his response to, let's see, his kids dying, his house is being destroyed, all his cattle, which is the equivalent of money, being completely taken away from him, everything he had destroyed, burned down, looted. At the end of it all, he tore his robe, shaved his head, and here's what it says in verse number 21 and 22. Uh, This sounds familiar. It sounds like we just heard this somewhere before. Uh, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Who? What? In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. You do remember that uh, Satan is the one who was in the Lord's presence going, I'm looking for somebody I can mess with. And it wasn't Satan's idea to mess with Job. 
If I'm not mistaken, God suggested this. Have you considered my servant Job? The guy that is the equivalent of wealth at that time to Bill Gates? He's a man of character and integrity? He says, yeah, but that's only because he has Bill Gates' money. If he didn't have Bill Gates' money and all that stuff he has, then he would curse you to your face. Okay, go ahead, try it. I'll be right here. Satan is like, boom, I have permission, because you, you do know he needs permission. Can't do anything without permission. Swoops down there, messing with all that stuff. Job, <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't believe my daughters are dead and my stuff is gone. He rips his clothes, he's crying out. And then they're like, yeah, we got him. Ah, yeah, why? We, I already know he's going to open his mouth. He's about to curse God. This guy says, I came into the world naked. Uh-huh, go ahead, Job, what else? I'm going to leave the world naked. Uh-huh, what else? Praise the name of the Lord. What? No, Job. <laughs> What are you? No, you're not. What? You curse God already. He wouldn't do it. Goes into chapter two. He goes, I know what it was. We took away his stuff, but we didn't touch his body. Can I touch his body? Yeah, you can touch his body. Boils all over him. Immense pain, un discomfort. The worst set of friends you could ever have to try to comfort you. If you haven't read the narrative, go back and read it. Mind boggling. You do not need those friends. He still wouldn't curse God. His wife told him to curse God. What kind of wife? <laughs> listen, this, listen, no more Bible study for you. Just curse him so we can be done. This is ridiculous. You know why? She had a curse mentality. We only thought we were blessed as long as we were blessed. Not knowing we were still as blessed with everything as we were with nothing. Juliet and I have been married for 17 years. And uh, when, we first got, when we first started dating, we've been together 18, been married for 17. When we first started dating, uh, I didn't have any money. Matter of fact, the first nine months that we were married, I didn't have a job. Uh, actually, when I started talking to her, I didn't have a job either. It was pitiful. The night that I proposed to her, she picked me up for that date and drove me to the spot, but didn't know I was going to propose to her, okay? It was a hot mess. Uh, one day I gave her $20, uh, like on a Sunday, and I said, hey, th this is some money for you to have for the week. And Juliet is so good with money uh, that by Friday, which has always been our date night, uh, she still had $2 left. So she had $2, I had some change, and we went and had our date night at Wendy's. We got two Texas double cheeseburgers. We didn't have enough for fries, so we just got two waters, uh, and we pulled up in the parking lot, and we ate. Uh, when, when we got married, um, a couple of years after we got married, we moved to Irving. We live in an apartment and still trying to make ends meet. And uh, we, were, we would eat Wolf brand chili and rice for dinner on our date nights. Listen, your stomach has, doesn't know the difference between filet mignon and a twice-baked potato and Wolf brand chili and success rice. Your stomach will not know the difference. All it would know is it's full. Okay. We didn't have anything at the time, but we were blessed. I can't remember the last time I've had Wolf Brand chili and rice. <laughs> Cannot remember the last time I've been to Wendy's for anything. <laughs> but if we lost everything today, I could go straight back to it. I'm not saying that to sound lofty. 
I'm blessed. And I didn't get more blessed when I got more money. I am as blessed now as I was then. <laughs> because whatever state we've been in, we've said, thank you, God. And it's amazing to me, especially in our American culture, because of consumerism and the way we live our life uh, in this country, what we call bless, like you couldn't even preach in another country. There are so many preachers in America that could not preach their messages in any other country but America, which tells me it's not the gospel. If it can't be preached here and Bangladesh, it's probably not the gospel. If it can't be preached here and in Nigeria, it's probably not the gospel. If it doesn't transcend, it's probably not the gospel. So when we go to a country like China and we hear of a man who was arrested and beaten for seven years for having his underground church, he's just been released He's praising God as much now as he was before he went into prison, and he was praising God in the prison. His underground church has 50,000 people. <laughs> and if you ask him about it, he'll be like, we have this small church, and we're just trying to get more people involved for Jesus. Well, how many people? It's 50,000. We're still trying. We look at numbers out here and go, oh, my God, he's doing great. China has a billion people. He's like, we're not doing anything. But I'm blessed. And I was blessed when I was out of prison. I was blessed in prison. I'm blessed now that I'm out of prison. I wasn't cursed when I was in prison, and now I'm blessed again because I'm out of prison. I've been blessed the whole time. So a blessed mentality has to take precedence over a curse mentality. And if you've been living with that for whatever reason, I know people who have not even given themselves permission to be happy with God's blessings because they're thinking about where they came from or who's around them that doesn't have the same thing. And so I can't enjoy this because they don't have... Whatever state you're in, be happy and praise God, okay? Point number three, we can enjoy God's blessings. Ecclesiastes chapter number five. I'm going to read you what sounds like <laughs> one of the most pessimistic, pessimistic scriptures in, 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 in the Bible, and it, and it is actually. Uh, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, he's going off on everything. <laughs> uh, but, but there's something he says at the end after he goes on his little rant that I just think is absolutely profound. Recap real quick. Point number one, what, what is it? Come on, point number one. We can unlock people's blessing. The way we do that is with what? Thank you. Point number two. Again. We can block people's blessing. How do we block people's blessing? With a curse mentality, okay? And we gave you the scriptures to be able, I mean, first of all, I didn't even need to give you Philippians or Timothy. If I have took you straight to Job, I could have just wore you out with it. But... Just want you to know that the Old Testament and the New Testament do say amen to each other. They are in agreement with each other. Okay? They testify to each other. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. They are together forever. Okay? 
So, uh, and then point number three, we can enjoy God's blessings. Here's what it says, starting at verse number 10, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. We know it doesn't. How many entertainers have we seen commit suicide and seemingly had everything that the world could give them? So we know that it doesn't bring true happiness. Uh, the more you have, the more people will come to help you spend it. <laughs> He's not really optimistic at all. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People, work, people who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. There is another serious problem I have seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. Let me, let, me, let me stop right there. Hoarding riches harms the Savior. If I step on your toes right now, I meant to. If you keep everything and can't get rid of anything, can I tell you what you're telling God? I have to hold on to this because there's nothing else coming. It's a subset of a curse mentality. Anybody ever seen the show Hoarders? I don't understand why. I just can't give it up. I mean, I just need this little piece of paper. You don't, you don't think there's nothing else coming, and so you, you keep everything. You won't give anything away. And you'll say, well, I'm frugal. No, 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 you're not. You're scared. There was a... Um, uh, uh, a, a, a senior pastor who has this great church and all these people were bragging on it and they said, yeah, he, he saves 30%, he saves, he saves 70% of what comes into the church and only spends 30. And they were like, man, isn't he a good steward? I said, he is absolutely not a good steward. And they were like, what? He saves 70% of the money. I was like, it's a nonprofit organization. That's number one. Number two, he's afraid there's no more money coming. It's called currency for a reason. It's supposed to kind of, <laughs> supposed to flow. So hoarding doesn't help you. Money is put into risky investments that turn sour and everything is lost. In the end, there is nothing left to pass on to one's children. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty. Third time we've heard this from three different people. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. And this, too, is a very serious problem. People leave this world no better off when, than when they came. All their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Okay, so that's as pessimistic as it gets. Then he says something that is, you know, revelatory. Even so... I have noticed one thing, at least that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. Underline that. I know that's going to hurt for some folks to hear. But I'm reading the Bible. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God 
and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. I'm going to say that again. To enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life, this indeed is a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. I, I, I like to read the news. I don't like to watch the news. When I read it, we get to hold people responsible for putting it in print. So I like to, watch, I like to read the news as opposed to watching it. Uh, and I read an article of a young lady that was in uh, the armed forces uh, that had her limbs um, completely uh, eaten away by a flesh-eating bacteria. So she only has one arm. Left arm is gone. Left leg is gone. Left uh, uh, right leg is gone. I mean, I mean, at the stump, ate all the way up to uh, the, the, the extension. Uh, so she only has one arm, and that arm at the end, uh, where her hand is, several of uh, the fingers have been eaten away by the flesh-eating bacteria. Uh, she's one of the premier uh, CrossFit um, uh, uh, instructors uh, in her city. The woman has the biggest smile on her face, and it's probably stronger than me with that one arm she has. <laughs> And she has prosthetics uh, for her other limbs. That is a gift from God. To have a smile on your face, out in the world, being productive, encouraging people, instructing people, enjoying your work, and being a blessing to others. When you could be at home, under a blanket, Singing, why me, from now until the day you die. It is a gift from God to be able to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. Here, we are a blessing. Not because we have it all. Because we know who it all comes from. And because of that covenant, we can be a blessing to others. When I was a young adult pastor, we had this um, uh, thing called ROCK. It was R-A-O-K. That's not how you spell ROCK. That's the way we spelled it. It was an acronym for Random Acts of Kindness. So what we used to do was just go around rocking people's world, okay? Find a way to do a random act of kindness. We did it today. Nathan and I had to go to Scottsdale yesterday. We came back today uh, and... Uh, he has food allergies, and so we took some chips, and there was a lady and a, uh, and a man that were about to pay for theirs, but he forgot a water, so I paid for the chips, then told the lady to pay for theirs and scan his water, and she's like, for, for real? I said, yeah, ring it all up. And so he's like, hey, uh, I'm sorry, what are you, uh, you're scanning my stuff with theirs, and she said, honey, I think he's, he's paying for, for our stuff. And when it rang up, it was 16 bucks. So I just looked at him and said, boy, y'all are a cheap date. 
I slid my card, and he was like, I, 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 and he started getting money out of his pocket, fumbling with it. He said, I, I have three daughters, and I'm so used to giving every, all of my stuff to them. I'm not used to anybody giving me anything. I was like, well, you just have to take it. He was like, but uh, let me give you something for it. And she like, kind of tugged on his shoulder and was like, honey, just receive it. And I was like, yeah, man, listen to your wife. Bye. And we walked away. I didn't give him a card to Embassy City and, hey, Nate, next time you're in Dallas. <laughs> it's just weird. I wasn't able to always do it on the level that I can do it now. Uh, but I have a dear friend named Rory. He's, re he's a resident of our community. This, this random act of kindness thing got really into his spirit. And he couldn't do it on the level I was doing or somebody else could do it. Uh, he had uh, gone through um, a divorce and had a, had a young child, a young daughter, and he, but he had it in his spirit, and he was looking for an opportunity to bless people. He walked through uh, the grocery store. When he walked outside, there was uh, uh, a lady trying to pull her daughter off the little merry-go-round that, that are sometimes in front of grocery stores. And she's like, come on, come on, you have to come on. We don't, I don't have any money for that. And he walked past her, and he stopped, and he was like, I can rock her. <laughs> Random act of kindness. Comes back, gets a quarter, and sticks it in there. Ding, 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 ding. The little girl's like, ah, yeah. And the lady, you would have thought Rory handed her a gift card for $1,000. She was like, so much. It was a quarter. But he has a blessed mentality. Well, when I get some more money, then I'll be a blessing to people. He saw an opportunity right there, and it only cost him a quarter. There's other stuff we can do for people. It only costs us a little bit of time. But if we're going to be a blessing to people from here, it can't stop with us getting blessed. There's a reason why there was a comma and then the word and. It's a conjunction. I will bless you, comma, and you will. It's a commandment, y'all. You will be a blessing to others. It's not the covenant if you only want it but won't give it. So here... Here, here, real fancy, here, we're a blessing. We're a blessing. We're a blessing. We are a blessing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?